Related. Talk about. Oh, see, this this didn't work. Go with it. Talk about the ways in which life turns. <laughs> in other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. We and I'm Pete Phillips. We're not related. <laughs> we haven't done a show in a long time. We forgot what words <laughs> are. Yeah, yeah. So, welcome on our journey to rediscover words. Yeah. We hope uh, that our half shows were not too distracting for you and uh, that you are willing to keep us in your lives. And if they were too distracting, too bad. It's summertime. Let's just let's just yeah. explain to everybody, okay? First, it's summertime. We don't owe them anything. We don't owe them an explanation, but I mean, I mean, they are tuning in, so yeah. perhaps we do. But, like, it's summer, and so uh, my problem is i got to take a bunch of vacation days. And so I had to oh, disappear. Such a problem. I know it's it's a wonderful problem to have, and then uh, and then Marissa's just like I mean she'll tell you she's just living in shit right now, and Graham, uh, and uh, we figured that for the summer I mean we could just stop, but then we won't start again. So we thought we thought this would be a better way to go, and uh, you know keep you guys interested hopefully. So without further ado, Marissa, let's do an icebreaker. Am I asking this time, or you're asking no. this time? Oh. <laughs> also, you guys should know if there's awkward pauses, Marissa's video is on, like, a 20-second lag. <laughs> and so sometimes Sorry. I'm looking for a reaction, and it's just not there. <laughs> um, so if you guys follow Marissa on Instagram, at Vandal, then you might notice that she took a little bit of a trip down nostalgia lane this past week I did. and i wanted to know marissa what part of your recent nostalgia journey brought the biggest smile to your face well i don't think anyone listens that this would affect right. i don't think i actually say. within reason of course <laughs> i do a lot of things that um are incriminating <laughs> but <Yeah>. um <laughs> but uh i have a lot of projects <laughs> well it's very tmz <laughs> that yeah I, I have a lot of projects that I went into the mind of another entity other than myself and produced either a letter or a song or a piece of spoken word over music. <laughs> and I was like, how did I go there mentally? Yeah, she just so, channeled another person. I think my favorite thing was maybe um, a piece of spoken word favorite thing that I can say is a piece of spoken word over music that I did from the viewpoint of someone's mother that I knew in college and I met the mother like three times in my life and I produced a very in-depth very emotional piece of spoken word from her perspective just for Pete I realized that at that time I produced very time-consuming pieces of content that I only said to be that no one else saw. We were both our best audiences. <laughs> I know. Sadly, I feel like that wasn't like a great 
piece, uh, a great answer that would really like be good no, no, for no. Our what our what our audience learned about you is that you are a uh, a spoken word artist, that you uh, are creative in many different ways, and that they should never uh, you know bother you because they might be the victim of a <laughs> spoken cool. word piece over music. Yeah. You should never tell me anything, anyone, because <laughs> I can make anything you say a private spoken word piece that I send to Pete at any moment. Well, this this is a bit of a trick question because I inadvertently went down a Marissa nostalgia lane as well. So one of the reasons I had to miss recording last week is because we were throwing a birthday party for my mom, okay? I took the slideshow that we did at the birthday party and I put it up on YouTube, but when I went to add the video to YouTube, it reminded me that I only have one other video on YouTube, and it is Marissa and Alicia's Story Time Band video. (laughs) And there are many parts of it that I liked, but Alicia was, of course, my favorite part. Yeah. (laughs) Partially because she has a flip phone, Uh, and the other part is because she answers the flip phone and says... Hi, I'm actually doing an interview with my band. Can I call you back later? And then the person goes, oh, okay. And then she closes the phone and continues. So, yeah, uh, if you want to find that, you can look up uh, Suntory Time Marissa or Suntory Time Returns on YouTube, and you'll be able to watch that. By that, uh, we don't really mean, like, me and my band have, like, a legit interview. It means, like, me and this girl that me and Pete are friends with uh me and the girl made one song no two songs we made two songs and according, then according to the interview though you made a whole entire album and then your computer died you know what maybe we did i don't even know <laughs> but anyway we made some songs pete interviewed us like we were a real band alicia's something i wish she was part of our podcast and i had a mullet so watch that <laughs> so well guys before we started our podcast, I was bitching about work. And if you had listened to our conversation, it would have been a perfect transition. <laughs> Let me tell you a little bit about my past jobs. I've had a lot of jobs. Too many jobs to a point where my resume is probably problematic. But anyway. <laughs> I disagree. In the past, I had a technical writing job. And we all had, like, half cubicles. So they, like, only really covered, like, two sides. And they were like how as high tall did they go? As like okay, okay. As tall as like right below your neck if you're standing up. Uh, and our boss, the boss of the whole department, had a cubicle too, and it was a cubicle in between all of ours. I actually sat right next to my boss, and whenever he wanted to talk to me, he would peep his head over the wall that connected us. Don't like that. Also, for some reason I don't understand, uh, we had the lights off always, and our only light were our desk lamps, and I said, can we not do this? And they all said no. So that was that atmosphere. Um, After that, I taught in Korea at two different places, and at both of these jobs, all of the main English teachers had their own desk and their own computer, but they were co-teachers. And roaming, like, special music teachers and science teachers that would pop in and out of your room. And they could use your desk and your computer, like, without asking you. Just like if you weren't sitting there, someone else would pop in your computer. It was a little weird, but whatever. And my previous job at a marketing company, it was all over the place, uh, layout-wise. And emotionally 
and yeah, <laughs> professionally. There was a den of cubicles in the middle of the whole uh, office, and there were private offices around the entire perimeter. Okay. In my department, my director had his own office, but when I was hired, I was put in his one-person office back-to-back with him. <laughs> Inexplicably, another director from another department was put back-to-back with my director in our one-person office as well. So it was my director, me back-to-back, and then a director of a different department all in one private office. So wait, there's four walls. Is each one of you on a wall? Two of us are on one wall. Okay, okay. So you were sitting next to a person and both of your backs were turned to your supervisor. Yeah. That's weird. Over time, my, my personal department grew. And I kind of mentioned to the owner that, you know, I write and I kind of need some quiet. Uh, Can I get moved to a different room that didn't have people that talked so much? And unexpectedly, my director was pushed out of my office and put into the den of cubicles. And me and all my fellow underlings had the private office to ourselves. Um And in that place, the owner of the company had a large private office that had a, quote, open door policy. Uh, And that meant that his door was always open, but if he popped in unannounced, he was really annoyed. And if you weren't a hot lady. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And uh, and he had these chairs outside of the office that, that faced the door. So he could see when you were sitting waiting for him, but he wouldn't even look at you. It was really weird. Yeah. And in my current office, we all have like three and a half walled cubicles. So it's almost like you're totally guarded, except like there's a little doorway. And even our bosses and the director like will knock on your cubicle like when they want to speak to you. So it's pretty private and it's pretty like respectable. Uh, so despite it being all over the place, I'm used to always have my having my own private space. But on TV and movies, I see these, like, open office layouts, which, like, look insane to me. And I assume are either the invention of a neurotic, like, control freak or some, like, Silicon Valley, like, creative type who was raised by, like, hippies or something. Um, And I know one person who said they just came from an open office and they sat directly next to the CEO. And they're not the director. They're my coworker. Uh, and they said that the CEO would always try to read their texts, so yeah. they had to put privacy glass on their phone. So I was just like, it's really weird. Like, you would at least think the CEO would be somewhere separate. Also, why do you even need to talk to the CEO? Just because they anyway. sat him right next to you. <laughs> yeah, like, it's weird. Or her. What? I said, or her. Oh, I thought you said, oh, cur. Oh, like cur. Like, he says. <laughs> anyway. Again, so this is the third to, episode I'm going to tell you. I don't know anything about Cardi B. <laughs> she says, okay, instead of okay, and it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I hear that's not all that's disgusting. <laughs> I, she's something. Uh, I wanted to take some time to look at different office layouts so that, like, if you think your office sucks, you can know about all the other ones that suck in different ways. Yeah. And I would say I expect to find more. And while I did find a bunch, a bunch of them were bullshit, like nature offices where you integrate nature into it a lot. I was like, that's not a thing. That's just you putting, that's not like a layout. That's not like a type of workspace. 
And maybe it is, but, like, what are the cons? There are no cons to that. So. No, if you use, like, an open layout in a treehouse, then it's a nature layout. I guess so. Like, I don't, yeah. So, I'm only really focusing on three, but I just, you know, I'm just going to look at them and think of the pros and cons. And then we'll see which one we would like to be in at the end. Yay. So, a traditional office setup is also called, like, a closed office. And it basically generally has enclosed workspaces for all employee employees. Enclosed can mean different things. Like it can mean like your own room. It could mean your own cubicle that like goes high enough that no one can really see what you're doing. Or there's cubicles in my job in a different department that are so low you can see everything happening inside of them. So why do you even have them? It makes me very uncomfortable. It feels like a bathroom stall where you see someone pooping. Like, it just makes you so uncomfortable. That's what you think everybody doing is at work? Yeah, exactly. Like, ew, you doing your job is like you pooping. I don't want to watch that. So, basically the pros of a closed office is obviously uh, it gives you privacy, especially if you're doing something confidential. It lets you do it privately. You don't have to worry about other people seeing. Um, If you have a literal private office... You can lock that office in case you need to keep certain documents secure. And That's what I have. Oh, yeah, you do. You're right. I forgot yeah. about that. Except my boss um, has the key, so. Oh. It can also, this is considered a pro, though I don't like it. It serves as a motivator to get promoted to your own bigger office. No, I think that that's, like, obnoxious. I don't know. I Like, ooh, I'm in a cubicle in one day. One day I'll work my way up. I'm not going to say this in an indicting way, but I do think that my boss keeps his smaller, more compact, goofy office as compared to mine, which is much larger and wide open. I'm not going to say much larger, but his is technically on the corner of the building. But the way that the building is shaped, they cut out part of the corner. Uh-huh. And so he has less space in the corner office. But, as we've learned in all the corporate things, the corner office is the place that you want to be at. <laughs> Do you think that's really why he chose that? I don't know if it really is, but I think oh. either either that or he's been there so long he doesn't move, feel like moving anything. Because if you really picked it because it was in the corner, that would be absurd. <laughs> I don't um, think it would. <laughs> yeah, oh, gosh. See, this is back to just, just workplaces are dumb. Um, anyway, cons. Workplaces are full of people, and technically people are dumb, so... Yeah, exactly. Now, the cons of a closed office is they can be a major waste of space, especially if, like, in Pete's office, he has all his space underutilized. Yep. <laughs> where people could have a freaking dance party. Technically um, could, yes. <laughs> it creates social division between management and other workers. Word. And it limits the supervisory capability of managers so it doesn't let managers see what you're doing doesn't man- the let them read your texts yeah exactly <laughs> uh i can see that as a con to a degree but at the same time i feel like if you're getting the work done it doesn't matter like who cares if you're looking at text just as long as you're handing in your stuff on you time. just said one of the cons is that the assumption of that is, yeah, that people aren't doing their jobs, so you can't catch them not doing their jobs. But if you have good employees and you trust that they're doing their job, you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So that's the traditional one. In From my perspective, I kind of like it, though sometimes it makes managers and directors seem like 
they're off limits. Because as much of a rebel as I try to be, part of me is still in a box. And when I see someone in a separate office, I feel like, oh, can I just walk in there? I don't know. So, yeah, but that's a me thing more than other things, probably. Okay. How do you feel about uh, those? That's the kind of office you have. How do you feel about it? There are a couple of people where I work that have to share offices with other people, like mm-hmm. the situation that you were in at your previous employer. Yeah. And uh, I couldn't imagine it only because, yeah, like I don't like having somebody there who can just watch me doing whatever I'm doing. I'll say when I started, uh, this is going to go off on a bit of a tangent, but when I started college, they had this thing where like you had to do community service hours. It was part of your requirement in order to pass this certain class. That's and I was like... And I was like, this is bullshit because I'm a good person and I'm going to do community service anyway. Yeah. But I resent the fact that you're forcing me to do it. Yeah. And same thing there. It's like, who the hell did... Now, I think you could put like... See, now this... I'm going to go... I'm going to sort of steer myself into a corner. I could certainly see a situation where you're trying to punish somebody. So you put them in an office with another person who's maybe more responsible. That might motivate the person because they feel like they're being watched to actually stay on task more or something like that. But my whole thing is like, I'm, I'm a good employee. I don't need you to be watching me. In my old job, uh, I asked someone to do something that was kind of like really important. They needed to do immediately. It wasn't, they weren't below me. They were coworkers, but I was just like, can you do this? And he was like, yeah. And then he just kept looking at wrestling pictures. And I was just like, and I was sitting next to him. I was like, can you do it? And he was just like, I'm busy. (laughs) And I was like, what? So that was interesting. Now I'll say this too. Notably the people from human resources who have stopped by my office when we're like working on a project or something like that. They have stopped by my office and they have been like, Oh man, Pete, your office is great. It's so welcoming. And they're like, it shouldn't be so welcoming. And so what I've tried to do is take the open space that I have in my office and make it inviting and welcoming so that people feel like the open door policy is actually an open door. But, you know, other people have been like, no, you want to make your office as unwelcoming as possible so people don't feel like they can come in. So I think it all depends. But part of my job is supporting other people and conducting meetings in my office and everything like that. So I feel like I want it to be welcoming and personal and everything like that. But uh, it does kind of cause me trouble because people schedule meetings in my office that I'm only like a peripheral on and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's a blessing and a curse, I'll tell you. I have a really bad thing that is so deeply ingrained within me where I just resent authority and I resent jobs. So I refuse to put personal pictures or anything fun in any office space because I'm like, no, don't think I feel okay here. Don't think I feel comfortable. I'm not at home. This is not my home. But mm-hmm. then I just end up in a really stale office desk. Yeah. And it's just like, okay. Um, oh, you're a sociopath. <laughs> yeah. You have no loved one. <laughs> um, okay. So next up, open office, which is used by Apple and Facebook. And this is said to be a growing trend in millennial-dominated companies, which, like, I don't know. That annoys me. I don't know if that's true, but what I was reading said that. Uh, but, yeah, it's a favorite for, like, companies that favor teamwork and open communication. But, like, calm down, millennials, and calm down people who are trying to, like, foster creativity. Just, like, chill out. <laughs> don't force it. <laughs> 
So the main thing about an open office is it's supposed to like promote communication and collaboration because traditional offices close people off and uh, people might keep to themselves. So these can force introverted people to interact, which is gross. If you're introverted, let them be introverted. Don't make them do anything, okay? Just yeah. calm down. Have you ever seen a cubicle situation represented in the media in any positive light? No. It just popped into my head. I'm thinking like office space. I'm thinking like all these different, even the Matrix. I'm like, no, no, they're all crappy and everything. Neutral in Hello, My Name is Doris on Amazon okay. Prime. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'll give you dad. that. She's uh-huh. fine with her life. Cubicles, I don't know. They're okay. I don't love them, but. When I worked at another college, they had, uh, they basically took an old large classroom and adapted it into the IT department. So they had five guys along one wall and each one of them had their own cubicle. But I was the sixth person hired and there was no room for another cubicle. So I just sat at the end of my boss's cubicle. That's weird. <laughs> like like I was a kid who got in trouble. <laughs> well, And my back was like, to the door and I was just paranoid all day long that everybody was watching everything that I was doing. I felt like were, I couldn't focus on anything. That sounds like the next one I'm gonna talk about, but I'm not there yet. <laughs> but uh, with an open office, it basically is also meant to like remove the hierarchy. So like, everyone's yeah. on a level playing field, which, I get it, but also, like, I don't know, it's weird. Now, of course, the biggest con with this is too much noise. Like, if there's people collaborating all the time and there's no walls in between, everyone's going to hear everything. Yeah. Um, and people who do want privacy, like, it's going to be hard for them to get it. And if anything, it might cause people to alienate other people more because people who want privacy, like, might put on headphones or kind of, like, go off into the corner and just kind of, like, have a face on so i feel like it could um it could kind of blow up i'm not alienated enough by having a private office i have the private office with the door open and headphones on (laughs) gotcha okay (laughs) um and the other thing that is brought up that i didn't think about which i think would be my biggest problem is having an open office can kind of allow workers to keep tabs on each other's performances which could lead to unhealthy competition or maybe lack of motivation. It'll basically have some people gauging, like gauging how everyone else is working and then like working according to that. Human beings were not meant to sit in little cubicles staring at computer screens all day. Yeah. With me, it would make me nervous all of the time because I would see other people typing fast. And I would be like, what are they typing? I'm not yeah. typing fast. What am I supposed to be typing fast? And if so, you yeah. caught up on a project and like you cross everything off your list, and then you look at the person next to you who's feverishly working on something, you'd be yeah. like, oh, crap. Like, I can't sit here and do nothing. I have to jump into something else now, even though I'm exactly. technically all caught up. Yeah. Now, the last one, which I didn't even know was a thing, uh, is called Hot Desking. And this is the kind of office... Marissa. <laughs> where staff members aren't really assigned to a designated office space Ooh. or desk. And this is, to a degree, uh, this is kind of like what I had in Korea, but more so for the other people, not not for me, for, like, special teachers who would just use my desk because it was there, but it wasn't really, like, their desks. So hot desking is, like, really mostly for offices where there are a lot of people working remotely, mm-hmm. and uh, work desks might be reserved on an as-needed basis, and other people could, you know, work remotely or just find a space when they need to. 
Um, this allows people to move around the space and work where they're comfortable. And this goes well with like a company that uses a lot of like cloud-based software and doesn't you know want to have a lot of hardware and paperwork. Like everything's on the go, everything's portable. <clears throat> I hate the term hot desking, but I'm glad you brought this up because I was going to say, well, what about this? Yeah, uh, I hate it too, and I didn't know it was a term. The con here is that it can make organization hard, and uh, there's no consistency. Like, Where the hell is Kevin? <laughs> yeah, like it's like it could be all over the place. Staff members don't get the opportunity to personalize their space, which wouldn't affect me because yeah. personalizing your space is for people that give into the system. <laughs> but for people who take joy in personalizing their space, that would be a big downer. Um, and this article I was reading was saying some companies are moving away from the remote working trend. And if that's true, I'm going to die because that's my dream. I know. To not too. have to go anywhere. But yeah, so those were the three I broke it down to. The rest were like make believe. Like I said, like like nature ones, bio whatever, techotrons, <laughs> like office types that were just like, yeah, you're just taking another one and adding details. So which one would you like? Do you like what you have or would you like it to change? Here's the thing. We're sort of caught between private office and hot desking because I like having my own private office, but just as you said about hot desking, it unfortunately lets everybody know where I am and how to find me. And sometimes I don't want to be found and I don't want to <laughs> yeah. uh, be... So uh, James and James does it more than I do, but sometimes I do. Uh, there's like other spots on campus that we can go to. And since we have a mobile machine that we can just take wherever we want to go, we'll just go hide someplace so we can actually focus and get work done because yeah. people aren't coming in to bother us all the time. So I think, you know, I get claustrophobic if I have the door closed in my office. And so I like to go to these other spots instead where, you know, I'm not, I don't have as many things and I don't have as many distractions and that sort of thing. But yeah. when I worked at the place that had the cubicle and my back was to the door, I probably dragged out work that I had to do because I knew that I couldn't just kill time in between tasks because yeah. people would be seeing what I was doing. So I didn't really like that. Uh, and instead of making it me more productive, I just dragged out the tests that I had. <laughs> so, Got it, yeah. So I kind of like I kind of like what I have, but I also like the idea of having an escape and maybe going somewhere else because yeah, sometimes people are just and it's not me going. People, I say people bothering me, but I, I like a lot of the people that I work with. It's just sometimes it's like you want to talk about something, but I don't have time to listen to you talk about something, and I don't know how to tell you that without being rude. So I'm yeah. just gonna pick up all my stuff and leave. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Which, by the way, guys, is rude. <laughs> what about okay. you? What are you in now? You're in a cubicle scenario? Yeah, so I'm just in the closed one. Hey, where is your monitor situated in terms of the entrance to your cubicle? It's right at the doorway, but no one else is at the doorway. But I came there, and my computer was already set up, and I'm wondering if I could change it, because everyone else is set to the side. So when you're walking by, you can't necessarily see what they're doing. Right. I had a high school internship with the Federal Aviation Administration, and I, uh, they had a cubicle set up, and the screen was in the corner opposite the opening to the cubicle. And so everybody who walked by could see what I was doing. And you're going to laugh and make a bigger story out of this, but it was something like, I don't know, like, it was so long ago, I feel like maybe I was, like, trying to, like, shop for something, 
and yeah. it was almost like some just generic online catalog kind of thing and there was like and it was summertime it was a summer internship and there was like some girl in a bikini on the website and it wasn't like a salacious <laughs> bikini it was like a yeah. like a jc penny's catalog <laughs> bikini and this woman walked by and I turned around and I saw her, and she just turned and walked away. Like, I just caught you jerking off or something. Were so you? So I was not a fan of that. No. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm paranoid all of the time. Uh, but I don't know. People, some people in my job like shop for shoes and stuff at work, and I'm just like, oh, I, I never know. I never gauge the situation. I'm always really paranoid. When I think about it, though, I actually did personalize a desk once, which is when I was in Korea. And I had a sort of kind of hot desk. Like, it was my desk, but other people could use it. And that was maybe the happiest I was at a job. So maybe mm-hmm. I like hot desking. Because when people were using my computer, I would then be either in the computer lab or I would be grading papers on a random chair somewhere. I could find a chair. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I kind of like it. It kind of gets you moving, and it kind of like makes you not just feel like an office drone. Yeah, I think yeah. I like hot desk games because you can move around. I'll tell you the problem with all of these is that they're at work. Well, yeah, but also like people are the people that work there. So even if you're hot desking and somebody feels territorial about their particular desk because they like that location or something like that, and they come in and you're there, they're gonna be like, "Oh, my wrist is at my desk," and people are gonna be like, "It's not your desk; it's a hot desk," and they're gonna be like, "Yeah, but that's the one that I like the most." You know, just dumb shit like that. Because that's yeah. actually one of the things that happens at Kings. There's these two breakout rooms, and anybody can go in there and do whatever they want. They're not reserved or anything. So James and I would go in there and get a lot of work done because our offices are in completely different buildings. But then students started digging the rooms, and we'd walk by, and we'd be like, who the hell do you think you are? Uh, they're, the people, they're the people who are paying to be there. It makes sense that they get yeah. the room first, but yeah. Yeah. Life's hard. It is. That's the moral of the story. It's time for... I wanted to plug the American Red Cross because those sons of bitches don't stop calling me asking for blood. So if you have a blood type and you're willing to, please give to the American Red Cross. And I will, too. I just got back from vacation. Leave me alone. (laughs) I I just had to make an email from a job about them, and I'm going to have to do some tweets about them for my job. Hashtag platelets. What? Oh, just, I don't think that's the hashtag I'm supposed to use. <laughs> My plug is... Nope. That's my plug. Nope. <laughs> Follow me at Risk Vandal on Instagram if you want, and I'll start up my other one one of these days. Yeah, you can see her old goth pictures. Yeah. And maybe, um... I won't. I was going to try to say, like, oh, I'll pull some of the YouTube clip down and Marissa you can post it on your Instagram but we're but not gonna won't. do we're not gonna do that. Okay. <laughs> so guys if you wanna leave us a voicemail call one eight hundred podwad one. Yep, that's totally it. <laughs> Please don't call that. I don't know what that is. <laughs> call five seven oh podwad one. There you go. Okay, go five seven oh podwad one. I got excited can- I got excited because it rang, but it was Marissa. <laughs> Oops, yeah. By the way, Marissa, since you did call that number, can you report to everybody who might be anxious about calling exactly what the experience is? 
just a voicemail, and it's like, it goes, you've reached your heart. It huh? doesn't even ring. It just goes right to voicemail. You don't have to yeah. wait. You're perfectly fine. In fact, uh, James, our, our loyal listener, James, who left us a voicemail about meat, uh, when he called, he was taken aback by the fact that it went right to voicemail. He thought he would have four or five rings to get his thoughts together, which is why he didn't nope. introduce himself or say hello or anything like that. We don't have rings. Nope. Beat also, you that. can you can text that number as well if you are too shy, shy, hush, hush. I do cool. Well. well, guys, hope you had a good time. Yeah. Hope too boring for you. <laughs> what, what coming up next? I'm going to talk about Instagram. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 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 you sound like Santa. <laughs>